why aren't they getting it? Like, why aren't they doing what I'm trying to lead them to do? Hey, everybody, welcome to Youth Ministry Booster episode 121. Thanks for checking this out. This is your first episode ever. Welcome to an after nine interview of one of our new friends, Adam Mashney. He is the one of the middle school ministers at Willow Creek Church in Chicago, a contributor to Grow Curriculum. So all of our Grow users, make sure to check out his latest series, Make It a Habit, which is featured for the month of February. And then also, he's got some great things to say today about communicating to young people. And I know that if you are like me, you are talking on the weekly if not the twice weekly. And so there's some really helpful insights here. Again, Youth Ministry Booster Podcast, the place to learn and grow about what it means to be a healthy and hardworking youth minister. If you haven't had a chance to check out the Youth Ministry Booster Network, it is the coaching community for youth ministers that want to get healthy. It's the place that we get encouraged. It's a place that we learn from our peers to join a mastermind and get the help that we need as ministers. And so if you're like our friend Adam, you can benefit, you know the benefit of having great ministry peers and the team of doing ministry work. And so check that out. But until then, we'll catch you at the end with all the details and the updates. But for now, here's an interview of our new friend and hopefully yours, Adam Mashney. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another interview episode here on the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. Today, we have a really special friend. And so sometimes we travel and meet people that we wouldn't meet otherwise, which is the reason to go to conferences. It it really is the reason to go to conferences. It's also the reason to have good youth ministry friends so you can find even more super cool youth ministry people to hang out with. And so today on the podcast, all the way in from Chicago, which I feel like every interview with someone from Chicago needs to be in the cold winter months because that's just like the most <laughs> Chicagoan thing to it's do. It's so cold. So all the way, it's so cold. So all the way from the Windy City, uh, our friend Adam Mashini. Adam, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing awesome. What's up, y'all, all the listeners? How's it going? Oh, man, I, I think they're probably, wherever they're at, it's warmer than where you're at. So they're probably- You know like, what? No I'm willing how- to bet. <laughs> I'm willing to bet. I, I, I am a part of a few uh, youth ministry communities, and one guy is from Alaska, and he posted today, and he, it's warmer in Alaska than it is in Chicago today. It's, there's just something wrong with that. I mean, I just, I'm feeling a lot of love from you, Adam, but it seems like Chicago is a cold and bitter place sometimes. It you know, really I just, is. <laughs> How's Oklahoma, dude? You know, yeah, we, you guys got going uh, and it never gets that cold, but the wind will cut right through you. And so I feel like everybody I know from like in the Northeast and Chicago has long coats. Everybody in Oklahoma, like, whether it's Mountain Hardware or Patagonia, whoever has wind stopper stuff. So all of my stuff is all about the like, it doesn't have to be heavy. But it cannot, like the wind will rip you in half <laughs> because you'll be, it'll be like 18 degrees and then the gust will come through. It's like negative two and you'll be like, no, you're just like, oh, it'll crumple you. Yes. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we are a mudslide away from having like all kinds of weather in Oklahoma. Like we, we are on the rise for earthquakes. Everybody like on the coast. Yeah, no, we have earthquakes on the monthly, on the monthly. There's a whole conspiracy thing, whether you buy wow. it or not. I just know that every once in Probably a while, it, the pictures rattle in my house. Well, I time, would not so. guess that for Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, it's, we, we, we love our weather. It's uh, yeah. as one, one newscaster infamously said, uh, Oklahoma, where weather is indigenous, which makes no sense. <laughs> He's a weatherman. He could say whatever he wants. That's right. It lives here. (laughs) Man, it was so exciting to meet you in Memphis and hear about all the things that you got going on at Willow Creek and the things that you're doing with World Vision. 
I, I just I wanted the folks to meet you. I, I am just like taking with you, friend, for all the cool things that you've got going on and, and really just wanted to learn from you tonight as we're kind of talking through this interview stuff. So tell us, get the people kind of introduction. So in the middle of Chicago, a fun city, but a youth minister in Chicago. Like why in the world are you involved in youth ministry? And why is that like the thing you're doing with your life? Yeah. So, well, I was born and raised in Michigan. So Chicago is recently new, just a okay. couple of years into the, the journey here with my wife in Chicago. Um, but uh, I, I had grown up in church, right? As a lot of people have done, but it was a boring church. And so I, I honestly didn't like going to church um, until about eighth grade. And for me, it was, we switched churches. My mom and dad kind of made the call to switch churches. And it was a small group leader on a Wednesday night that was authentic and real. And, um, I was in eighth grade middle school, my time in middle school, I've blocked a lot of it out. I can't remember it just cause it was probably too traumatic, but I remember Scott Ackerman was his name and he just showed Jesus to me in eighth grade. And so it was a Wednesday night. There was like maybe seven kids. There it was a small church. Um, but it became real for me then. And then all through, all throughout high school, I got involved in the youth group. Uh, I went to a Christian high school. And so I started getting involved in chapels on the weekly and with the worship band. And like, I would run the nine channel soundboard for people. And like, yes, yes. <laughs> was it a PV? Was it a PV soundboard? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that, of course. <laughs> was there anything else? Dude, the, whoever um, was this, whoever is the sales rep for PV and churches, that guy, like oh. he, he found the connection. He, he got in there. Yeah. That was his sure exit strategy. Every, every church had a PV. That's right. He's like, Guys, I'm telling you right now, sound mixers in churches, that's the only market we need. You'll never see them anywhere else, but PVs in churches. I love it. Yep. <laughs> so uh, the involvement is what got me. My youth pastor kind of brought me on and um, he, he formed this, you know, this little leadership team and I was a part of it. So I started getting involved there. And um, I'd wanted to go into the medical field just because I was feeling pressure from from family and culture. And, uh, and but I eventually about junior year high school just felt called to church work. And so um, graduated high school knowing what I wanted to do, went to Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, and uh, really from there, as a freshman, I got involved in youth. I, I, I got an internship. Okay. With some awesome people, I, I still keep in touch with one of my mentors from that role. Um, and then, I, I mean, it just sped up from there. God kind of opened door after door after door. Right after um, college, I got a, uh, another internship at a uh, church in Southeast Michigan. And then 10 years later, we come to Chicago. Um, that's awesome. So that's how I ended up in Chicago. And that's, that's kind of how I ended up in youth ministry, too. So, you, so, because Scott, so Scott in eighth grade, volunteer guy, loving the students yep. at the church, yep. taking an interest, yep. mentoring, and then just opportunity after opportunity. So, student leadership team, yep. internships. So, all the things that we talk about having as an important pipeline to ministry, you did it all. You went through the whole, you, you yep. were in the system, Absolutely. like full, if fully corrupted by the whole system, just in it. Every opportunity along the way. Well, yeah. And I love that, not just for your story of being involved, but all the different cool ways you got to be involved, right? Like yeah. it wasn't, no, nobody, it didn't, from what you've shared, it didn't sound like anybody put you on a holding pattern and said, man, when you're 25, you come back here yeah. and be a youth pastor. Yep. But everywhere along the way, somebody found a spot. And that's just, I think for so many youth pastors, like that feels like it's such a small thing to have your students help out on a student leadership team mm. or run the PV mixer yep. in the back of the room, yep. all nine channels of all it. All nine. But 
but at some point, like, there's going to be an atom that comes through that, like, this is the thing that, like, got me involved, kept me involved, and trajectory into a life of ministry. That's awesome. So you've, you've been in ministry for, like, a better chunk of your life. Yeah, uh, I think over 15 years. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so in 15 years, favorite moment? Like, what is... What is like the oh, if you man. Have one? If you're gonna like cling to like what's the, what's the one? Can I have <laughs> can I have more than one? Like I feel like I have, you can have a couple. You can have a couple. I have so many. So <laughs> one cool moment actually happened at YS in Memphis. I was uh, I was promoting World Vision in the Thirty Hour Famine, and um, a girl that was in the youth group that I was an intern at back in college came to the World Vision booth and was like, do you remember me? Like, I was in the youth group that you were an intern. And it was just such a cool, like, when you're in ministry for a long time, the like the full circle moments that you get to experience are yeah. so life-giving. Because I gave her yeah. a huge hug and it was like, I, I remember you. Yeah, Kind of a, you know, a fail moment. I didn't remember her name, but it had been like 13 <laughs> years. So sure, I feel like sure. there's grace. But I gave her a big hug and I said, what are you up to now? Like, it is so yeah. good to see you. So that, that's been a cool moment. One hilarious moment that I like to talk about in youth ministry, there was a fall retreat where we did, uh, I was leading it. We planned a game called Mama Bird and the execution of it was fantastic. Like basically students had to, um, in a bowl of chocolate pudding and worms had to dip their head into the bowl, get a worm and then lean over a student who's lying on the ground and drop the worm into their mouth. Yes. Well, we, we thought it, we thought it was fantastic. We thought like this game is so gross and that's fantastic. So, uh, the, you know, the fall retreats over my boss, who is a really good friend of mine, wanted to play a prank on me and a, a couple of the other staff who had planned the retreat. So he created a fake account on our church like system and pretended to be a parent of one oh, of those what? kids and oh. sent just a long email about, I can't believe you would put kids in danger that way. Like, you know, spitting into another person's mouth. Like, <laughs> And so the prank got to the point where we were in a boardroom with like a, a couple of the higher ups of the church. Like he got everyone involved in this prank. And so he, oh, but they were all in on they it. They were all in on it, except me, oh, my except me and another guy. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there contemplating, like, this is the end of youth ministry for me. Like, this yeah. is how I leave the church. <laughs> you, you, you never want to get fired over a game, but I feel like there are probably at least more than a dozen stories yes. of, of like, I had this idea for a game yeah. and that was it. That was the last night that I was. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's where I thought this was headed, but it turned out obviously he, it was a prank. And I oh, honestly, man. like I didn't talk to him for a couple of days just because I hated Fair. him so uh, much. Yeah. yeah. But well, well, feel free at the end. We'll post his email at the bottom, and everybody that's listening to this episode can just see, send just really like just yeah. like snarky articles yep. to him. That'd be great. Yep. Be yeah, great. he's yeah. a pastor in Michigan. Like, let's like let's Perfect. razz him for sure. Oh man, okay, that's 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 awesome because of the camaraderie of pranking each other on staff. But what, what else, man? That's a great. So um, another one I thought of. I was fairly new in my my role at the church I was working at for like nine and a half, ten years. Um, and I had created this like Bible reading plan and um, I didn't know if anyone was actually reading their Bibles at home. Like you never know when you give out stuff, like if kids go home right. and do it, but. Uh, or if it just gets washed in their jeans. Right, oh, right. totally. Like <laughs> yeah. I've done that. So I know they do that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a 30 day, like I forget what it was. You did like the book of John or maybe it was like a new Testament thing. Um, 
there was this one girl named Maddie and she came to our space, our youth space, and she held up the plan I had given however long ago. And she's like, Hey, I finished it. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, at that point I probably had forgotten about the plan, but she held it up. She's like, I finished it. And I, I honestly didn't have a ton of words for her, but it was just like that, that is so cool. And so So that's kind of marked in my memory as well of like, wow, you know, of all the people that you don't think are doing it, there's probably some that are. Well, and which is the reminder that like, even when you think that people aren't, it's still probably worth doing. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, like, that's the whole, yeah. Like it's just, it's that casting the net thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the fishing, all the fishing metaphors. Yep. yep. And I would do it again if I knew only one, right? Like right. I would that's do right. it, I, you know, I'd print the, I'd print the cards and I'd put them on the chairs only yeah. if I knew that one would do it. That one more Maddie would pick it up and, and maybe take the extra two months that you even forgot you had it out. That's great. That's good. No, and that's, that's the kind of the story that like comes from hanging around for a while and just like, again, 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 mm-hmm. again, like leaving those cards available, yep. emphasizing it. Cause you just never know when it's going to stick. Yep. I, I just, I, if, if you're out there listening as a youth minister and you're just like, yeah, I don't think it's worth it to have a handout. I'm telling you right now, like, just at least print the outline of your talk and like slap the, the, the verses on the front or the back of it, because it, at least if it makes it home, maybe it made it to the car where the parents talked about it or their parent pulled it out of their backpack, out of their coat. And they were like, what is this? At least it, like as, 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 as tragic as it might be, and we don't want to be wasteful, find both printable and digital ways to keep yep. sending stuff with kids, yep. and hopefully, eventually, it sticks. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, okay. Those those are the those are the nights that we do it for, but there are some nights that maybe we don't want to do it again. So, Adam, <laughs> you're still doing the thing. You're still in the thing. Yeah. Yep. But was there ever a night that you almost quit? Yeah, well, and I've been thinking hard about this just because there there have been some tough some tough nights for sure. And when I say nights, our context, and I've been in this context at my last church and at Willow now is weekend services. So we had a Saturday night service and two Sunday morning services. And that's been my reality for the better part of 12 years. And so when I say night, I I mean weekend. And there was, you know, there's been a a couple weekends where I don't want to exaggerate and say that I, you know, I almost quit, but there's been weekends where I had planned something massive. Like we, we, we used to do Friday night events and I started to kind of wean ourselves off of that and put events on weekends to kind of drive people to, Hey, Friday night events are are good, but let's like, let's get them to like actually in the church building and and let's talk, like, let's talk to them. Um, and let's have them, let's show them that church can be fun. And so I had planned like a Super Bowl weekend party and we had branded it like super duper bowl, you know, all that. It was super cheesy, but super fun. And, um, we had planned for like a ton of guests. We were a ministry of maybe two or 300 and I wanted to double. I wanted to be like every, every student brings one student. Um, and we did not like, it was a flop. It was a total (laughs) flop. Yeah. the same kids showed up and I was like, where's your friends? Oh, they, right. they couldn't come. Oh, well, okay. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> they said no. And, and there, a lot of them didn't invite. And I was, I was really just deflated and I was discouraged. And you guys, it's super duper. Bowl. <laughs> Why are you? <laughs> I, I, I 
put the duper for a reason. Right. Uh, you got duped, my friend. Yes, you got duped by them. That yeah, is, yeah. Well, and it yeah. was one of those things. And I've had I've had that multiple times where I've you know put on a Friday night, you know what we did a monster mash, and it was near Halloween, and it was super fun, and you always dream of attendance numbers, and then. Uh, the the event comes and 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 that Friday night I had planned a parent seminar too so we were telling parents hey come drop your kids off help them have a ton of fun but also we have something for you too so it's not just a random win yeah so but both like I had dreams of both attendance numbers and they just weren't what I was hoping and so it, you know when those things happen I feel like I left those events and those weekends just really bummed and really like ah oh, gosh and what I and what I'm doing really working is what I'm doing really working. Maybe, maybe let's dive into that a little bit more. Cause I think for some folks that, that were listening, like if they had a couple hundred kids show up, they'd be like, dude, that, that was it. That was the huge win. But maybe share a little bit just like in the way in which that, like that scales or like ratios. Cause I, I love, I love that you talked about like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of kids there that were there, but there wasn't a lot of the new kids, which was the purpose of the event. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's a really important thing for folks to kind of like to hear, to talk about is that for you, it, it wasn't crushing because there was like literally nobody there, but it felt like all the extra energy that you put into it yep. didn't show extra yield. And yep. so maybe kind of walk through some of that. Cause I think for some folks, they're like, dude, what are you talking about, man? You had a couple hundred kids show up and yet, and yet there still was that like, but I put so much extra into yeah. it. So. And you know, when we talk about creating culture, I was trying to create a culture of inviting. I was tr- trying to create the invite culture of, no, it's okay to risk yourself in school to talk to someone about church. It's okay to risk who you are, your reputation. Like, it's okay. God's got your back. You can, you can go and risk so that someone can come to church and have a good experience. And maybe, just maybe, that that family tree will change because that kid had a good experience at church. So I was trying to create the, you know, the invite culture. And I had, uh, printed a bunch of invite, uh, invite cards and, you know, all these things. Uh, and so when just the same kids came, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, you're not getting it. Like, and, mm. and it had been a couple years. And what I learned later on, you know, it takes a little bit longer to create some culture. Yeah. But at the time I was like, oh, why aren't they getting it? Like, why aren't they doing what I'm trying to lead them to do? Well, I think that helps that share a little bit, Adam, for this kind of like follow up question. So Part, part of the process of youth ministry is that that extra energy, the effort, the kind of emotional, relational, spiritual yep. expense. And sometimes like after we kind of expend it all on a, on a midweek or a weekend uh, series of services, like we start to like do the processing thing. So for, for our folks listening, like wh- where do you go at the end of that last mm. service on Sunday? So you like you hyped, you're hyped up. It's the weekend. Maybe it's your week to teach or to lead. And, and it's all done and you poured your heart out. Like where, where does, where does Adam go and his questionings? I mean, we've had some people answer, they go grab a milkshake. Like what, what, what do you do? Where do you go? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, during football season, I love to go and, and try and find the Detroit lions just cause that's my team. Oh, yeah. But, um, off season, like I, I definitely have to be careful because I would go and get like, you know, Chick-fil-A milkshake cookies and cream, like the large one. Yeah. Um, and I would do that almost probably every day if I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just Monday through Friday, yeah. just milkshake, milkshake, yeah. milkshake. Yeah. All right, wrap it up again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, today was a bad day. Let me go get a milkshake. Um, yeah. But no, I, I feel like it's split in half for me because we do have a Sunday and a Saturday. And so Saturday, it, you know, we try so hard not to say it's a test run service, but uh, our mm. debrief for the weekend, our debrief is Saturday night so that 
if there's anything to tweak on Sunday morning, okay. we tweak it. And so uh, when I'm going into a service, um, I, like my mind is thinking like Saturday. And so when I do a Saturday, um, I'm done on teaching about 6.30 and we don't debrief till about 7.15 because of small groups. Uh, and so that whole time I'm thinking, is that good enough? Like, like, was it what everyone wanted and was it what the students needed and did I add value? Uh, and then we'll have the debrief. And my, I mean, obviously the question is like, Hey, what needs to change? And so a lot of that drives, you know, I've had to work on even some insecurities with that. Just was it good enough? Was I good enough? Was I okay? Yeah. But then Sunday, how, how do you handle that? Is, is it kind of open forum? Like, so if that was your week to teach, like, are they like, Hey Adam, uh, that middle part, not good enough, or I didn't really connect with it. Like, what does that all look yeah, like? Yeah, so it, it it's the junior high team, and so we just get together um, and we really talk about every point of the service. If a part of the talk didn't hit, if a part of the illustration or my intro or uh, the the tags where I was trying to hit different groups of students, like if if any of those didn't hit, um, and it was obvious, mo- like a lot of people would speak into it. What tends to happen a lot of times is the teachers would speak into it more. Like, so Scott and Gretchen okay. are, are the other two teachers on our team. And uh, either there or after the debrief, they'll pull me aside and say, here, on a teaching level, here's where I thought you lost the crowd. Um, here's where I think you could be more clear. Um, okay. This point needs to drop or this video didn't hit like you thought it would. Let's cut it. So it's raw. Like, it's very much like, what do we need to do to make this hit tomorrow? Is that something that did you develop a callus ever to it? Or is it was is it is it still just like, all right, do it. Just do it. <laughs> Or what, what, what is that? I, no, I mean, it, I, if you want to share a little bit, like, like, yeah. I just, like I'm thinking about for some of our folks that like they'll be done and they'll be like asking like a, 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 another leader or their spouse, like, hey, how did it go? But you're like, nope, 715, cut me open. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> well, part of it is that's the culture of our team. That's the culture of what okay. I of what I walked into. So you can um, dig on them next week. Yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and a lot of it is, is expectation. I'm expecting to hear feedback. And the team is great at giving feedback. That's another huge thing. Um, I also know a lot about myself. If I know it's coming, then I'll, I, like, I'll receive it a lot better. Um, after Sunday is a whole new ballgame because then I'm going to go home. My wife's there and we'll talk about my message, but it, it's just a different ball game because uh, I'm not either expecting it or sure. or whatever. You know, the feedback from uh, from people not on your team in the trenches is, is, is sometimes different. Um, mm. But for me, I've had to learn to realize the feedback's coming, check my own pride, make sure I'm not doing this for other people's approval and uh, really check the fact that, hey, if this wasn't great for the students then it needs to change. I mean, that's, that's one of those, I think that's a, a radical kind of like, just kind of sharing for a lot of folks to know that like, that's just part of the process every week. I think for a lot of us, uh, we, we kind of build the talk, deliver the talk, and then uh, evaluate the talk or the teaching always as a solo enterprise. And that's really helpful to know. Uh, do you feel like you've grown as a teacher because of it? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. every time I teach, um, I find out something either about me or um, something about my style or something about any any uh, weird quirks I have, like with my hands or hands in the pocket or like uh, uh, we also watch our talks. So we record it and I get okay. up I get up early on Sunday morning before the Sunday morning services. 
and I watch it back to see if there's anything else that I could catch. And so, it, like, especially for those by themselves, because I know a lot of people don't do youth ministry in teams, like set up your phone, film your talk, and watch it back. It, it, it is the most awkward, it is, it is the most raw, vulnerable thing that you can do. But it has made me a better communicator for sure. And I, I mean, all the, all the greats, I think, do it. Well, okay, so you've been doing it for a while. It sounds like you've learned a lot, even in the last few years. If you went back to early, like, intern Adam ministry <laughs> self, yeah. and, and you had a chance to talk to him, and maybe, maybe, maybe he was really open to receive a lot of criticism or a welcome, maybe. maybe not, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, we'll but what's see. something that, like, future Adam could go back and tell past Adam, like, hey, man, this is the most important thing I could tell you? Yeah. And again, I don't have just one. Like, I feel like, um, there's so much you need to know, young Adam. Yeah. So so true. Like (laughs) you're so naive. Um, one would be don't put too much stock in what other people think you should do and don't put too much stock in other people's approval just because I feel like I've just wasted too much time, like wondering, Hey, like, was this good? Like, is it what, is this what you wanted? And obviously in certain situations in a boss relationship, that's, that's really good. Um, but in a lot of situations, like, you know, God made us each unique and I'm not anyone else. And so there must be something God wanted to do through and with me. Um, and so I, you know, 15 years ago, I'd pull 18-year-old eight, eight, Adam aside and be like, listen, buddy, here, here's the deal. The other thing I really wish uh, I could tell, you know, past Adam, um, find a rhythm of silence and solitude. Uh, okay. like okay. it's been hit or miss throughout the 15 years, but like a rhythm of where you just, you, like you stick to it. You have daily routines, you have monthly routines, you have quarterly routines. Soul care is a big deal. And, mm. um, I've just learned that sometimes the hard way, but most recently I've learned that just like when you have a system, when you have structures and you stick to it, um, it's just been like, you benefit from it and it's life giving. Mm. And you arrive at the office ready to pour out a lot more than you would if you didn't have those rhythms. Yeah. Would you, would you share a little bit? What, what, are, what are you at right now? Like you're maybe you're working on the process or trying something new. Like where, where is your kind of rhythm? I, I love that you use the word rhythm because I do think it's uh, I, I think some folks are like, I'm going to have my day of rest. And I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes that's Friday. Other times you have things going on on Fridays. So like, what are you going to do? But like the idea of a rhythm of like, okay, it's a little bit off. I'm going to get it back in time. And so what, what for you is that kind of like currently, like, what is that? If you're trying to like set the metronome, what does that look like? Yeah. So currently I have a, I do have a daily routine of, I try so hard to just keep my mornings kind of like coffee journal Bible. And that's, I love doing that early, early, like, like Uh, five, six, seven, eight, like, I think six or seven. Um, that's usually about the time I'm, I'm wanting to get up anyway. And so um, most mornings I'm doing that, which I love, um, monthly, I haven't really figured out a good routine. I, I, I have Mondays off. And so weekly I have kind of a rest, uh, uh, I guess a pause button. Uh, but monthly I haven't really done much with that, but then quarterly I'm connected with some of my best friends in Michigan and we do a refresh spiritual retreat, uh, where, where we take a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night to Tuesday and we just get away for two nights. We go into rustic cabins and we read the Bible. We get bonfires. We eat good food. And uh, that sounds awesome. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and so we've been doing that for a couple of years now. And it's growing with some group of guys. Um, we got one just in a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be cold, but we're going to do it. And it's going to be awesome. 
And so, so yeah, the quarterly thing I think is super important because it fuels you up and it's the extended time of silence and, and solitude. And when you get out and when you get away from the noise and you have big blocks of time, you're able to just sit for three hours, read, be silent, pray. Um, a lot of times, even on the day off, you don't get that. No, that's right. That's right. You're too busy running errands for all the things that you missed over the weekend. Yeah, right? that's right. So that's true. Right. So true. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important for folks to hear because like that is um, when you're young, you just think, I'll just give everything to it all the time. And there, there's something that silence teaches um, that noise does not. <laughs> well, and that's in, gosh, when I was, in, you know, just getting into youth ministry, um, I wasn't married. I didn't get married till I was 30. So three years and counting for me and Megan, but, um, the early days and even just a few years ago, the rhythms were work during the day and then bring your laptop home at night and do work at night yeah. while watching yeah. football or watching TV. Yeah. And so like, I didn't have any rhythms back then. There was no off button. It was always just crescendo up, fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> So what what's something right now? So you shared about rhythms and silence and solitude. Uh, I'm I'll sign me up for a quarterly retreat. I'll brave the cold. Uh, but what, what's something that's, that's like a practical tip, application, process that's making your time youth ministry better or more effective or more efficient? Like, g- give us give us give us the hits. Did you download something? Did you read something? Did you buy something? Like, what's something that's like changed your youth ministry leadership experience happening? One thing that's changing it currently is just, uh, and this wasn't a light bulb moment. This has been a gradual passion of mine that's been growing, but just the, uh, the whole thing about teenagers. And so I'm reading a book right now called The Grown-Up's Guide to Teenage Humans. And it's just been fantastic to continue learning about teenagers uh, because I think the church world is for sure, like we need to be pastoring teens, but we need to also look outside of the church and be like, what is the world thinking about teenagers? What what are they doing? What are they doing to equip parents? What are they doing to teach teenagers? So I've, I've actually kind of partnered with, not partnered, I've had uh, coffees with some principals and just asked them of the local middle schools, like, hey, w- like, what are you doing to mm. uh, either decrease bullying or what, like, what are you doing when a kid acts up? Like, how do you partner with the parents? And so trying to learn from them too. And so I guess one tip would be just just have an ever growing love and passion for just the teenage age, like just Mm -hmm. the teenager years, because, because that's what we're trying to affect. And so I'm reading towards that, um, which is another tip, take time to read. Um, And so that, I think that's learn something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think you know it all, but anyway, no, that's, I think that's a, that's one of the, you know, I think one of the greatest things in the past year was just like digging down and saying, what can I learn about Mm. teenagers? And, you know, there's other things like I've, in my teaching, I've developed uh, just a simple strategy that's, it's not really new. Um, I've borrowed it, stole it from uh, Andy Stanley's book, Communicating for a Change. And it's really just teaching and movements. So the journey is is pleasant for those on the ride. And so when you're giving a talk, I like what I do now is just draw four blank boxes on my whiteboard. And really, I just move from one to the other and make sure there's no like hard right turns where it's going to whiplash the audience or it just makes sense. Like the journey of a talk should, um, it should make sense. And so that's the other thing that I'm doing that Honestly, when I message prep, it's just revolutionized the simplicity of it. Because if one of those, you know, if an idea I have doesn't fit in one of those four four boxes, and it it doesn't have to be four, it could be whatever you want, but I've chosen four. And so if it doesn't fit, 
I either try to make it fit or I think, you know what, that it's not necessary. That's good. Well, I like the idea that like it it's it's not uh maybe linear of one, two, three, but maybe there's boxes that you move through. The idea of like that movement is I think that's good. Because that, that corresponds a lot to the way in which you present it, which is you're moving, you're upright, you're standing, like when you're when you're when you're communicating, you know, verbally, there there is a, a different a different um level of an engagement interaction than if you are uh in, in a way of your writing. And I think to take in consideration the way in which you move and your words move instead of just the way in which maybe the words flow because they're gonna hear and respond differently. And that's I think that's that's a really powerful uh de- personal development for a lot of people that they don't always get to connect with because they're just writing a talk. Like whatever they happen to f- learn or fall into as their template has always been. And I love hearing that you're like, nope, I totally changed my playbook on how I write this <laughs> later on. Yeah. That's good. And it's been, I mean, I've gone through a few different methods. Like what we teach, like what we learn in Bible school, I feel like is like the hook book, look, took method. And that's good. I've used that, but then I had to morph into what I, you know, morph into a new system. And now I feel like I'm morphing into a new system. And um, now I love to marinate. Um, I've always loved to marinate, but when I was teaching every single week, it's hard to um, let your talk kind of sit in your brain for a while. Um, but now I'm not teaching every week. I'm teaching every probably two weeks. And so I'm allowed to kind of let it sit on the whiteboard. Like, let me look at it and let me see, God, is this what you want me to say? Is this what the students need right now? Um, and so as far as content, that's super helpful. Obviously, the strategy and the communication style. Watch your talks, man. I mean, watch yeah, your okay. talks. It okay. it will make you better. That's good. That's good. Well, Adam, this has been super helpful today. Uh, if folks have heard this and are engaged with what you're saying, engrossed by what you are doing, uh, how do they connect with you? How do they find you? How do they follow up with you? Where, where on the webs uh, can they get get a hold yeah. of you? Yeah. The interwebs. So I, I mean, I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Adam Mashney or a Mashney, um, Adam com is where I blog, albeit not very often, but I do kind of just, I, I do like to write. And so, um, I've written an ebook that's there and about my cancer journey, which that could be a whole nother yeah. it's a powerful uh, story, story. Yeah. but, but it's just, uh, so I blog there and, um, and again, I don't blog often, but it's, but, it's there. There. <laughs> but, but, but the things that he has written are there. And if he it's, writes yeah. again, they'll also show up there. That's great. <laughs> it'll, it, you know, subscribe and it'll ping there in your you email and be like, oh, oh no way. He does. Write. It's awesome. Adam, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are just thankful for your, for your new friendship and all the excitement, uh, kind of things you've got going on up in Chicago and Willow stuff, man. And so thank you for sharing and Thanks, uh, we'll talk again real soon. Awesome, dude. Thanks. There you go. That's our interview of Adam Mashney. If you want to learn more about what Adam has written or some of the resources that he mentioned in this conversation, make sure to check out the show notes linked below where you can find more of Adam's writings, grow curriculum, the books he mentioned, and then also the special opportunity that he is putting out here in the next little bit for Youth Industry Booster. We're going to do a critique the talk of one of Adam's talks. So sign up for youthinstitutebooster.com. One of those memberships will get you into the webinar where Adam shows us his process of critiquing the talk. So we'll see you again next week. I'm going to turn your world upside down. And I'm going to show you things you've never seen.